Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. The most dangerous phrase in our language is we've always done it this way. There are an awful lot of posers out there. People that do lean because they're mandated to do it, they think it will work. How stable are you today? What are your goals? Are you generating small, simple improvements? There are very few people that embrace lean with their full heart, head, and emotion. Let's imagine that your current output is top-notch. Is that enough to stop innovating and stop reaching for more? Patrick's book uncovers the essence of what those organizations look like and what the posers look like. Caution, are you in the fake zone or the real zone? Hello, everybody. Our special guest today is Paul Dunlop, and Paul brings with him over 20 years of management and manufacturing experience in a broad range of industries. In his operational management and consultancy roles, Paul has led successful lean implementation and transformations using the principles of the Toyota production system. And Paul, you, I think you're well known for supporting organizations and individuals to go from chaos to calm. And that's kind of the, the, the tagline that Paul uses from chaos to calm. But Paul, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been watching you on social media and your posts, your videos are just amazing. And I, I'm so excited to have you on the show. So welcome to the show. No, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on. It's um, It's been a while. I think we've sort of touched base uh, a little bit over the years and um, great to finally be, well, somewhat face to face anyway. <laughs> That's right. And uh, obviously it's, uh, you know, for those of us that uh, are uh, missing hair with glasses, you know, we have to stick together, right, Paul? That's it. It's a very um, select group, certainly in the lean community anyway. <laughs> That's right. But as I said, Paul, you know, I, again, I've been following your, your social media posts. I love your videos, uh, you know, just the simplicity of the tools, the way that you present them, uh, the, just everything about the, you know, just how you lay out uh, your your take on lean methodology uh, is just super powerful for me and I, and I'm excited to have you on the show. So what I did today was we're going to go about this a little bit differently. I actually went out and I grabbed a couple statements from some of your, uh, your posts out on LinkedIn. And I just thought we could have some conversation around some of these statements or these questions. Uh, and, and so the first question that I went and pulled from one of your posts was, uh, are you building your improvement activity on a solid foundation? So can you walk us through that a little bit? Uh, just, just on kind of what that means and, and to you as far as that question goes yeah good question um i think i guess coming back to the chaos question is that the, the chaos really happens where there is a, a lack of structure so mm. you know it's like the, the house of, of tps it is somewhat like building a house um, building a, a good continuous improvement program so that foundation for me is really all about building that structure giving um, an organization form and that doesn't necessarily need to be lean tools per se so i would say you know clients come to people like us because they have a lot of issues they generally don't come to us when things are going really well mm. um, shame that they don't <laughs> 
but it is is what it is, and it, it is a, a state of uh, firefighting reactive behaviour. It's uh, a lot of time and effort and energy wasted on all of the, the wrong things, as we know. So for me, building that foundation means many different things, and I guess client by client, that has a, a different starting point depending sure. on their needs. So again, I always come back to Taichi Ono's start from need. So mm. my, my approach is never a cookie cutter approach. Yes. Um, it's, it's always touching the, the, the points that need to be touched. So building that foundation, I mean, ultimately we have something like a, a, a Hoshin cannery, um, in place where we have strategic deployment and we have that cascading right down to a, a granular day to day level. But for me, those foundational things can be things like daily tier one and tier two meetings. It's having, you know, perhaps basic 5S in place. It's leader standard work. It's um, having standard operating procedures, all those sorts of things, um, visual standards in terms of our quality, all, all of those, I guess, what we term as very basic things. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think, organization success is predicated on doing those simple and basic things well and doing them every single day and in in my mind and in my experience probably 80 percent of the of the journey is simply those things Mm -hmm. so i think we can get a little bit carried away with perhaps some of the more complex and fancy tools because they are fancy and they are shiny objects Mm -hmm. but ultimately i think with continuous improvement it's just doing the basics well and sticking to that. And I guess for me, that is the the foundation. Absolutely. Now, I I love that you said there's no cookie cutter approach. Uh, And I think that's so important because so many organizations get, get stuck thinking that, you know, just because, you know, maybe another organization, you know, used these 10 steps or, you know, maybe they think about Toyota and the tools that Toyota use. Well, what we have to understand is that every organization is different. Every team is different. The time is different. Uh, and there isn't going to be a cookie cutter approach. You know, we, we have to approach every organization, uh, as you said, in looking at what is the need. And, you know, yes, there are definitely some foundational tools. There are some foundational actions, like you mentioned, uh, and those are definitely a great starting point. But as you start to deploy those, organizations are going to learn and going to need to be open to start adjusting, right, and and creating their own way of doing things, not necessarily the, the same way that other companies or Toyota did it, right? And I always have to, I always ask, you know, what, what's the problem that we're trying to solve? And sometimes that can help also to point you in the right direction around what you're, what you're trying to deploy or, or what tool you need to use or how you need to develop it. So. Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. I, I couldn't agree more. And I have a lot of clients that will ask me, well, what, what do Toyota do and what do Bosch do? And I'm, well, I don't really care what they do. I'm not really interested in that. And you shouldn't be interested in that either. It's really about. How, how do you make it better for you, for your business, for your culture, for your product, for your customers? And, you know, I, I sort of, you know, have a bit of a laugh, but say, just make it up as you go along. That's, mm. that's what these organizations have done. And, you know, I really like Mike Rother's work around yes. Toyota Karma and, and, and the lessons learned around that. And I think particularly in, in the West, we've, we've, we've tried to pick up those those templates, if you will, and try to cram those into our business. And it just, it doesn't work. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm sure you see the same. I walk in after, you know, at least one failed implementation and there's, you know, a lot of 
you know, sometimes difficult conversations that happen off, off the back of that. A lot of the work that I do probably is talking about what lean isn't rather than what lean is. Mm. So there's, a, again, a lot of misconception. There's a lot of mythology around that. And often what people think lean is, it is the complete opposite of that. That's right. I agree 100%. Uh, so one of, and we could probably talk about that topic for a, a full hour. Uh, but I have a few other, uh, items here that I wanted to, to pull out here and, and just talk through. Uh, so the next one that I had was, uh, I saw you post a comment that said, any positive change, growth and development requires accountability. So what's your take on accountability? How do you feel that that ties in with, uh, with the kind of work that we do in the continuous improvement world? Oh, it's all about accountability. I think you start using the word accountability and people freak out a bit because mm. uh, it has negative connotations. It has, I guess, punitive conversations because it's about, I think often it's about catching people out. Always, uh, I think early on in my career, uh, I heard the, the phrase catch people doing it right or doing mm. it well, which is, you know, the, the right kind of accountability. But yeah, accountability can be, I guess if we're looking to implement lean, lean is all about discipline. So yes, it's all about simple things, but it's about turning up and showing up and doing those simple things well each and every day. And even when it's, it's, it's difficult and it's hard and we want to resist doing those things. We, we have to do them. There's no getting out of it. So that, that's accountability right there. Again, turning up on time at, at a daily meeting, going through the agenda in the right way, asking the right questions, all of those sorts of things. Accountability to, to follow a standardized work procedure, to follow leader standard work, whatever it might be. So that accountability, I think is absolutely fundamental and particularly for leaders it is for them to drive that accountability for them to be accountable again lean is lean is many things but it is predicated on the right quality leadership and those leaders um, leading the way in terms of one creating the, the direction and the expectation and clarifying that and communicating that well but also again being there to, to serve and support and ensure that their people are cared for and, and set up for success. So uh, again, the accountability mechanism, I talk, I guess organization by organization, I find probably three common threads. And I think this is a global thing is that communication is always an issue. So you speak to anyone in an organization, they'll say communication is rubbish. It doesn't happen often enough. It's not the right kind of communication. Um, they'll talk about the fact that people don't have a voice or there's a lack of engagement in the environment. So we've, we've told them a hundred times and they never do anything and they never fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and also performance management. And I think that's, that's part of the accountability too, is that there's no, um, there, there lacks positive feedback in the environment where it's simply a thank you or a well done or acknowledgement. But also poor performance, poor behavior doesn't get dealt with or managed either. And that really frustrates people too because yes, they, they know that that's happening so uh, i guess that's accountability touches all of those things uh, but again if you if you can't turn up on time if you can't follow the guidelines or the procedure then we're really going to struggle to you know produce good quality and be efficient and, and have a great culture so all of those sort of things and when you talk about accountability again i'm my, my job as a consultant is simply an accountability tool i'm like a a personal trainer for, for an organization right, um, right and ultimately the the answers 
to the problems that are already there in the organization. It's like, again, getting fit. You, you, you can do it, but you've got, you've got to show up every day and follow, follow the form and follow your nutrition and sleep well and do all those sorts of things. So it's the same thing. I'm there and I'll turn up every month or every couple of weeks and yeah, I'll, I'll hold people accountable to what they said they were going to do. Right. And that drives habits. It ensures people have integrity and all of those sorts of things. So accountability is absolutely everything. Yeah, that's, that, I agree 100%. And, uh, you know, I've heard leaders, uh, that have, you know, said, uh, in, inspect what you expect, right? And, uh, I think that that's a, that's a really good thing to remember as a leader is that if you've, if you've laid out expectations, you know, you mentioned communication, they have to be clear. People have to understand what your expectations are. And a lot of times leaders will, will think that their team knows the expectations, but maybe they haven't been clear enough. So understanding that you've put clear expectations out, but then also the accountability piece and make, being sure that you inspect what you expect is also a big piece of that, you know, making sure that your team understands how important it is to you, right? If they see you out there looking into it or asking about it, uh, then they know that it's important to you. And so that, you know, something as simple as that is just popping out to say, hey, how's this going? You know, and I think that could, it can go a long way. So, yeah, absolutely, Patrick. I, I love that. Um, inspect what you expect. I'm going to, I'm going to take that one. That's a good one. All right. <laughs> yeah. So another question that you, that you threw out there uh, in one of your posts was, uh, are you stuck in a rut due to the myth of perfection? I saw this one and I thought it was really interesting. I wanted to put this out here and, and just kind of see if you could give us a, a deeper <laughs> dive into this. Yes. I could get myself in trouble here, but I won't. <laughs> so. <laughs> Look, I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, just in life in general, just get stuck because things, I think in our modern society, we, we want perfection. We're always, I guess how I put it is we're looking at the top of the mountain and we're not necessarily worried about the next step. So that's, uh, again, probably a bit of Paul Aker's influence there is mm. really just make it better. Don't, don't worry about perfection. We're probably not ever going to get to perfection. However, take a take a step and take a little step so i see often so yep we have to be data driven but we can't sit there and look at numbers all day it's it, you know there, there comes a point where you know enough data is enough data to then take action and do something we we have to have that bias for action and i think again we, we get stuck in either perfectionism or we can be really overwhelmed and not really understand what what the next move is. Mm-hmm. And again, coming back to the, the, the Carter type stuff is, yeah, experiment, find, do something and, and find out. Do, do that right. in, a, in a logical and fact-based way and ensure that that's the right priority. But just do something and, and learn. And I think, again, we probably are a little too focused on goals and um, targets rather than the process itself. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I try and work with my clients to, to focus on the process of improving the process and mm. find the reward in that. The reward isn't in hitting the goal. I'm not, yes, yes, of course, I'm interested ultimately in that. But, you know, most of the time my focus is just on that process of learning or incremental improvement or, or both of those things. So for me, perfection, I think, gets in the way and we just need to worry about better. 
Sure, sure. Do you ever see leaders that get maybe discouraged because the, the, the process maybe does take a little bit longer than what they would like? You know, cause I agree with you a hundred percent that incremental, small, slow improvements lead to large and sustainable change. Uh, but sometimes it can be tough for, for leaders to accept that or, you know, they want to see it happen overnight or, uh, and that, that can be difficult. Have you, what's been your experience in that? Yeah, that, that's, probably every other client. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm very upfront and understanding why why you want to do this and what are your goals and objectives and really, you know, for, for me, clarifying that communication that, yeah, this is a, a long journey. This is three to five years to, to really get anywhere and, and sustain and build that foundation and that you have to be patient in that. Um, there's sort of, you know, there'll be, times where you're you, you are climbing the mountain then it's going to plateau sometimes it's going to dip it's definitely like any change process or anything you're going to do differently in life it is going to be hard it is going to be awkward it's going to be very frustrating it will take time all of those things however there's a you know a, a really big reward and a sustainable um reward that continues to give <laughs> you know for, for forever and a day um at the end of that so you know, a lot of my coaching is again coaching leaders through that journey, and often there's a, a you know a personal journey running in parallel with that, and they're confronting, I guess, some of their own challenges. So mm-hmm. that that could be things like letting go. That's all, that's always a big one. Accountability is another one, and having you know perhaps difficult conversations, all of those sorts of things. So uh, I think all of, all of the above. There's definitely a, a personal parallel journey in there for them as their organization is, is changing also. Sure. Absolutely. Here's another one that I thought was uh, pretty powerful. You said, is leadership in your environment being driven by fear and avoidance? And this, this one, uh, I, you know, I, I, again, I've worked for a lot of different leaders and with a lot of different leaders, and I've definitely, I've seen this and I've experienced it personally. So uh, I just want to hear your take on this one for, you know, environments or organizations that are be- being driven by fear and avoidance and what, what that can do to a, to a company or to a team. It ultimately, it, it kills, <laughs> basically, um, it, it, it destroys any desirable culture in the environment. So uh, again, I think it was Mike Rother that talked about sucking the, sucking the fear out of the environment. It's really, really important that we're creating psychologically safe work environments mm. for, for people. And I guess that comes back to, you know, my, my why is all about giving particularly frontline employees meaning and purpose and a, a good quality day's work. That, that's ultimately what I'm trying to achieve through what I do. So fear, Fear operates at all levels in the organization. Um, I think that post was primarily talking about leaders, but if we have an environment where, um, again, there's punitive action, people are reluctant to speak up, um, they, they feel like they are, you know, just being told every day and pushed every day, then, you know, we're not getting the best out of out of human beings, and ultimately, that's what Lean's trying to do. We're trying to create an environment where people want to engage. We talk about uh, always look at the, the the waste of non-use of skills. So, the, the experts in our environment are the people who are hands-on doing the work each and every day. Again, whether it's yes. a factory, it's an office, whatever. And the, the answers to our problems in the organisation lie with them. 
And our job as leaders is to get that out, to extract that. And if we have an environment where we have fear, then we're simply just not going to get that. People shut down, you know, they literally avoid, they'll go through the motions each day, but again, they're not engaging in any meaningful way. Um, again, if you're looking at that from a leadership point of view, well, they're being pushed from above. They're being mm. pushed to, to hit certain targets. And again, there's negative consequences for them if they don't hit those. So again, it's, it's fear driven and it drives people into, uh, again, the, the wrong psychology. We, we don't want that. We want, you know, a, a, an open, safe environment where people are operating in, in their prefrontal cortex. Again, you know, what's, what's fear doing to, to people's brains? It literally does shut down their, their high level thinking. It, it becomes unhealthy. It becomes stressful. Um, it literally does kill people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen a lot of, particularly mi- middle managers into their, um, later in their career. They're not healthy, well people be- because of that continual, you know, cortisol pumping through their, their, their body because of fear in the environment. So bit of a long-winded answer but yeah it's really something that pervades most environments sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's quite subtle sometimes it's not but it's definitely something we need to work on and i think uh, again the antidote is those you know open communication you know developing servant leadership all of those sorts of things yes so in in your uh the work that you've done it, it I'm sure that you've helped develop and, and been and visited and have seen experienced companies that have those safe environments where uh, there are servant leaders and you're, you're seeing, you know, open communication and, uh, you know, just a, a learning environment, right? An open learning environment. In your experience, what, what are the results of that? What, what have you seen or experienced uh, in, in those organizations as the results that come out of that type of environment? Smiles on people's faces. Mm. People like coming to work. They enjoy they, their work, whatever it is they're doing. I think workplaces these days still dehumanize people. I, I hear very often, I'm just a, mm. you know, people really devalue who they are, what mm-hmm. they do. So in, in those environments where, you know, again, doesn't need to be lean, but where, where we've opened up communication created those safe workplaces where we have servant leadership where we have very clear objectives day in day out um yes it 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 makes for a happy it's not a utopia but it makes for a a happy workplace it makes for a workplace where people are legitimately engaged and that engagement then translates to improvement Um, it means people will take ownership and responsibility over what they do Um, it means that leaders can actually focus on strategic outcomes rather than being stuck in the the, the weeds, so to speak, because so often uh, we see that, whether it's through micromanagement or it's just through continual firefighting and reactive behaviour. So it, 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 it allows that, again, we come back to structure, but it allows the structure to have integrity, to stand up and for people to be able to be focused on the right things. Mm-hmm. You, you can feel it when you walk in. You know how an environment is. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll walk into businesses that I've, I've worked with for a, a, a few years now, and people will come up and grab hold of me and go, "Hey, Paul, come and come and look at that thing that I've done, that improvement that I've mm-hmm. made." And that's often, you know, sometimes that's things that people have done in their spare time that have then brought to the workplace, and they're that energized and excited about it, and, and, you, and you can literally feel that. You know, again. 
when you've been consulting for a few years, you, you know, you can, as soon as you walk in the door, you know what's, what's going on in the environment. You've got a sixth sense for it. So. Yeah. Yeah, you can really notice the difference. Um, and again, you can, one of the indicators for me when transformation really starts to take hold is you can hear it in the language, the way people, the words they use, the way they communicate, you, you can really um, literally hear it and see it. So um, yeah, th- those are sort of some of the things. Oh yeah, it's, that's powerful. I, I agree with you 100% in, in my own experience as well. So thank you for sharing that. All right, another question that I saw uh, you posted, and now we're getting maybe down the line of structured problem solving, but you said, do you have a method to improve your process and solve problems? So what, what would you say, you know, from a, a structured problem solving process, what is your, what's your suggestion to companies that maybe you know, don't have a, a process in place or a method in place to, to solve problems. You need a method. <laughs> That's it. Have, have a method. So obviously PDCA is the go-to and that, that's the mantra. I sort of want to talk about that. Most companies will just again are stuck in that firefighting and reactive behavior. I, I, I say they have a, a do, 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 do methodology instead mm-hmm. of plan, do, check, adjust. So they, they again spend a lot of time and effort just running around trying to thinking they know what the problems are, um, thinking they know what the solutions are. Some of that may well be, but a lot of it can be misguided. So a, a lot of effort is spent on the wrong thing. So yeah, definitely. You know, I, I definitely start with PDCA. I drive that through, um, you know, daily visual management, daily communication meetings. But, you know, I, I really embed that first. And then we start looking whether it's using an improvement Carter model as, a, as, a, as another relatively simple first step, whether mm-hmm. we use A3, whether we, you know, again, the, the fishbone and 5Y, all of those sorts of things. But at least start with, a, a very simple approach to plan, do, check, adjust. Um, you know, I posted yesterday on prioritize and execute. So, mm. you know, ha- have some, have some data, have some analysis first, you know, understand your current state again, whether it's through value stream mapping or, you know, just some very simple metrics around the, the, the key indicators in your process. And I always say the data will tell you, the data will tell you what, what you need to do next, but right. have some data. And then you can start to, to work through PDCA. And PDCA, again, that can play out in 10 minutes. It doesn't need to be, you know, I think as soon as you start using the word plan, people freak out and right. think it's, it's too hard. Oh, you know, I've never done a plan. I don't know how to plan. Well, that's as easy as this. I mean, scrapped out on a bit of paper. It doesn't matter. You can do these things very simply, but just, just follow a methodology. So for me, you know, PDCA, I mean, that, that's really all you need. Right. Ultimately. Um, I think sometimes, again, in the lean community, we get a bit carried away with all sorts of different tools, but it just needs to be kept as simple as that, and that will carry you a long way forward. Yeah, agreed. It's, uh, it, you know, obviously there are lots of other methodologies out there, and I think your point, you know, of just, just get something in place, some methodology, uh, but, you know, I, I would echo what you're saying too, Paul, is that PDCA is, is really the simplest and, and really you can tie back, you know, most of the methodologies to PDCA. And as long as you understand that those simple, four simple steps and you're following them, um, you're, you're going to have a, a good method at, at, 
driving to root cause and solving problems. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. So the last, the last, uh, comment that I pulled, uh, was, uh, kind of along these same lines, right? Just made, you know, we talked a little bit about problem solving and, and making problems visible. Uh, but you, you said in one of your posts, you said, we make everything else visual. So make behavior visual too. Uh, and so I thought about that and I was thinking, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of some different ways that, you know, in, in my own personal experience and how I can make, uh, the right behavior visible. And I just want to hear your thoughts on this and, and, you know, where would you go to around making behavior visual? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So everything has to be visual in a visual environment and a visual mm-hmm. workplace. What I was talking about there, so I've, I've recently become accredited to do DISC assessments. So I'm not sure if you're familiar yes. with DISC. So yeah, it's, it's a great, um, behavioral profiling tool. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm using that in uh, many of my clients to, to great effect. So that has a, a visual component to that and it creates, um, you know, a, a common language, um, within particularly a leadership team. It's, it's really, um, driving self-awareness and awareness of the other behavioral traits of the team. And it, it helps, really helps people to understand themselves as well as be able to communicate and interact in a more effective and meaningful way with their, with their team and with their peers. But I think probably further to that, it's, you know, it, it's really important again, as part of that accountability, those, you know, whether again, that's from a, a personal point of view, because it, again, as a, as a lean person, it's not just, you know, nine to five lean guy and then, you know, it all goes out the window. Mm-hmm. I'm a lean person 24 hours of the day. So whether that's building uh, accountability metrics for your own behavior, whether it's your exercise routines, whether it's your sleep routines, whatever it might be, you know, we, we all have different apps and things on yes. our phone. I, I use visual apps on my phone to track all sorts of things. So uh, I think we can, uh, again, there's a wider conversation about implementing these tools and techniques and principles into day-to-day life. Even um, one of the things I always have on visual boards in, in client companies is a, an attendance component. Mm. So, you know, green, if you're, if you're present and you're on time, you get a, a green mm. mark. If you're late or it's an unplanned absence, you get a red mark. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. There's visual behavioral accountability mm. and, People don't like to see too many red marks against their name. That's no right. one talk. We don't talk about it, but it's there. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's just those those sorts of things. I think um, all of those sort of things, because again, tools aside, lean is all about behavior. It's all about habits. It's all about people. And if we can, uh, again, visualize as many of those things as we can. Um, again, it, it just creates the, the, the right mindset, if you will. Sure. Uh, and it, the, the one area that I think of is, you know, with leader standard work, a, a lot of times we, you know, we, we talk about the behaviors that, that are going to give you the results that you want and, and ensuring that you're, you know, you're blocking time or you're developing some type of habit or recurring time each week where you're doing certain actions or behaviors that are going to give you the results that you want. Um, but taking that one step further and actually posting your leader standard work, you know, making it visible to your team so that, you know, again, there's that visible accountability there to say, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to attending or, you know, leading tier one meetings, tier two meetings. I'm, I'm committed to, uh, you know, daily audits, weekly audits, daily Gemba walks, whatever it might be. I'm committed. I'm putting it out there and making it visual, you know, and, and that's another way I think that you could make your behavior visual, right? Yeah. 
hundred percent. And that's a, a tool that I spend a lot of time on, um, particularly up front with clients and, and leaders and clients as that is a, it's a not negotiable tool, that one, a not negotiable developing your not negotiables. But, yeah. um, yeah, leader standard work is, is incredibly powerful. And yeah, a- absolutely. I, I agree. Um, that, that's always visual in, in some form. I'm not really bothered how, how it is visualized, whether it's a, a laminated sheet or it's commission yeah. pay cards, whatever. But yeah, leader standard work is a, is, is a great one. Can yes. I talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Would love so, to. So leader standard works an interesting one because, uh, and again, I think like you, every leader, I, you know, particularly frontline and middle managers in a, in an organization, they'll always say they're busy. So the, the first thing I get is I'm too busy. So it's like, Paul, you want me to do all, all of this lean stuff and I'm doing meetings and this and that. And I've, I've got to get product out the door. You know, when, when am I going to have time to do this? Mm. So then we start having the conversation around looking at what, what you're busy doing and then obviously part of the conversation is okay let's let's start to develop some some leader standard work again the the structural tool to give you know the leaders day form and my starting point is always around not negotiable so what are the i I categorize it into must do should do nice to do so so what are the must do not negotiable tasks you've got every day and at least let's start with that so so when do they happen how long do they take Da, da 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 And for me, leader standard work in the beginning is, is often quite difficult to implement for that leader. Mm-hmm. And so part of, for me, part of that leader standard work process is actually using that as a mirror to highlight the, the, the noise and the interruption and the wasteful activity. So, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll start on it and they're not getting to the must do activity to two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, well, hang on, we've, we've got a problem here. So. Like any standard, and again, for me, the, the standard is the mechanism to highlight the waste and the deviation. It's mm-hmm. to highlight what's working well, but it's also to highlight the, the, the deviation. No different with leader standard work. So I think there's a lot of power there when we can start to then highlight that, hey, you're, you're spending time outside of your lane. So you might be, again, leaders who are technically good and have been promoted because of their technical skill will tend to gravitate back to the the happy, comfortable place. And so time can be eaten up there. Um, They can be dragged sideways and upward. They can be, again, focused on all of the the, the waste as a a result of the the chaos and environment. There's some at some point they have to resist those urges and the leader standard work tool is, is one really great way to start to... Again, it's it's yeah, like a, a mini ocean, really. It, 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 here's here's the true north every day. Where where am I at in relation to that? And it helps pull people back. So it's a really, I think, one of the the foundational and, and fundamental tools in any organisation is having leaders there. It's also it, it stops becoming less about the leader too and more about the role. So it's mm. also about building the role for that position in your organisation. No That's different right. to a sporting team. Absolutely. Agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I think about too with leader standard work is if you don't have a plan, you know, then, then you're, you're just kind of coming into work every day and you're, you're wishing and you're hoping that you'll get the results that you're looking for, right? Leader standard work is also, it's, it's, it's the behaviors and the actions, but it's the plan that's going to give you the results that you're looking for. 
right? If, yep. if you just keep coming to work every day with no plan, you're, you're going to get bombarded with, with fires and, and your, your manager coming to you with something and this person wanting that and you're going to get pulled in all these directions. And by the end of the day, you're going to look back and go, what did I even accomplish today? Did I, did I get anything done? Did I move the needle closer to that true north or, or no? Right. So you, so that, that leader standard work gives you that plan. Um, that again, that you, you mentioned those, those non-negotiables that have to happen in order to drive us forward and get us closer to the, the results that we're, that we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it sort of comes back to the Toyota principles of, of finding stability. That, for, for me, that's the calm. The problem is in many environments, though, we, we've rewarded that behavior, the, the sort of hero, mentality you know mm. ride in on the white horse and, and solve the problem and and senior management will will reward that behavior and and there's also i think you know particularly in australia I say this a lot there's this real badge of honor of of look how busy i am and you know mopping sweat from the brow and it, and it's just rubbish and i'm you know what when leaders transition through that journey like i'll hear the comments like paul i don't know what it what to do with all this free time it's <laughs> like okay that's it's a good problem to have yes know? um yeah. n- now we can be proactive and we can start focusing on improving your business and developing your people and, and doing all the things that you, you you want to do but you've you've never been able to get near and um again our, our environments traditionally condition leaders to behave like that and we almost have to, you know, decondition and get rid of that programming. And the leader standard work again is a great tool to, to start that absolutely. journey again, restart it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul, this has been great. If if someone wanted to to get a hold of you and was interested to ask questions or or you know reach out to you about your consulting or anything at all, how how would they get a hold of you? Probably the best place is LinkedIn. So um, as you said, I'm sort of there every day. So yeah, LinkedIn's the, the way to go. Also my website, so uh You can sort of have a look at more of what I do. I do a few other different things. There's a there's a bit of Lego serious play and um, a few different tools there um, that I offer. So yeah, but link LinkedIn's probably the best way. So feel Perfect. free to, to message. And we'll drop, uh, we'll drop a couple of those links into the show notes. Um, I have seen your Lego play too. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we can have you back on a, another show and we can talk through some of your Lego play and some of the, the, uh, benefits and of, you know, and, and some of the exercises that you put together for that. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. And it really complementary to, to, to the lean work. And uh, again, it's a, a fantastic tool for, for engagement and mm-hmm. problem solving and really, like any lean tool, it, it, it drives the conversation and opens up the conversation. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to do that, Patrick. Great. Well, thanks again, Paul. I appreciate it. I know that you're uh, you're in Australia and I'm in West Michigan. So, I think it's I think you mentioned uh, it's six a.m. where you're at. Uh, it's it's late in the afternoon here. Uh, so that's always fun to to have a conversation on on two opposite sides of the world. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on today and and uh, talking through you know, some of these comments and questions that you throw out there on LinkedIn. And again, I just really appreciate all of the content that you put out on LinkedIn. Please continue to share uh, that, that, that content. It's, it's super powerful. And I, and I know there's so many listeners out there that are agreeing with me uh, and just, uh, just love the posts that you put out, love the videos, the pictures, all the great content. So thank you for that. 
No, I appreciate that. Um, thank you, Patrick. And uh, trust me, the, the feeling is mutual. I think um, you've certainly been an inspiration for me, um, and I, I've watched you for the for the last few years. So um, yeah, keep up keep up the great work, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it, Paul. All right, have a good day. Great. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.